action and welcome everybody this is bmp weekly episode 216 we're back from a summer vacation uh almost two months actually away which is wow time flies yeah and then, that doesn't mean that we we've been away for two months we're just having done true. this for That's two true. months yes that is true so this is like episode eight like episode eight no season eight episode one Exactly, it's like episode so. eight. What? What? <laughs> episode sixteen. Yes. No, no. Season eight, episode one, or season nine, episode. I don't know which season Have we're been on. Doing actually, this already this for eight years. No, we haven't been doing this for eight years. I don't believe it. No, but if you semesters, I don't know. Oh, okay, fair seasons. enough. Yeah, so, I actually don't you know. know which date we've done the first episode. That's actually a really good question. So we we um, I will actually double check that one right away as we're chatting because that's that's an awesome question. I guess yeah. we have it in the playlist. Well, that's uh, something that we could ask Chat GPT because that's be before September twenty one. That's true. One hundred percent. So let me scroll all the way will down. Will Chat GPT in... know when we started? Apparently, wow. <laughs> okay, guess we'll... the date. We started um, in August, but which August? Twenty. <laughs> uh, yeah, that's good. That's eighteen. Good. Yeah. Eighteen. Twenty eighteen is correct. Twenty eighteen. Really? <laughs> yes. Oh, five so years. So five wow. years. <laughs> so it is season ten. There you go. It is season ten. Yeah, if we think about semester. Yeah, that's actually yeah. good. Wow. That's actually <laughs> so welcome to season ten, episode one. Wow, that's actually pretty. Okay, cool. Uh, I never thought about that, but okay, that's cool. Anyway, so uh, today we have a visitor who's Chris Kent. Uh, Chris Kent actually pretty recently moved, relatively recently moved from a partner side of the house to the customer side of the house, and he's working as an architect uh, in the Takeda. Um, and with Chris, uh, we're talking about Power Platform, Microsoft 365, and AI, and uh, the implications of AI. So focusing on, on the change of the role, what does it actually mean? Because, you know, when you're moving from a partner ecosystem to the customer side, there's a bit of a change on on things, how they actually work. And also, with, we talk about the impact of AI, because AI is being a pretty prominent uh, in the media right really? now haven't yeah, seen I'm... anything about it really <laughs> yes <laughs> absolutely absolutely well co-pilot is coming pretty soon for microsoft 365 and we'll have another flash of uh, information so and we have so many co-pilots already out but the the let's say is it the primary co-pilot what do we call that microsoft, microsoft 365 co-pilot co yes but then we have other co-pilots already out Berkeley yeah. here and there so okay cool so trying to understand the marketing message. <laughs> <laughs> cool. Anyway, so let's jump on the interview with Chris and then we'll go through and the latest articles right after that. Thank you, Chris, joining us on the BMP episode. Uh, as we recapped already in the intro, it is episode 216. Or is it, what was it, uh, Waldek? Season 7, episode 1. Yes. Something like that. <laughs> so <laughs> we're coming yeah. back from the cliffhanger. I have no idea what was the cliffhanger, but anyway. So, <laughs> <laughs> so this time, uh, uh, Chris, uh, you're here to uh, to catch up uh, what's happening on your side. There's some interesting news uh, on what has happened within the past since you last time visited the show. Those who do not know, uh, for those who do not know who you are, can you do a quick intro? Who is who's Chris? Yeah. So because I'm you always Chris. do the intros in the in a video, sorry, in the YouTube, yeah. like, hey, I'm Chris. Okay, let's do stuff. It's like, yeah, yeah but it's Chris. Chris. <laughs> yeah, don't worry about it. Uh, you can always pause the video, right, and see whatever uh, badges I have. Uh, let's see. I'm Chris. 
There you go. I'm uh, <laughs> living in Tennessee, uh, United States. Let's see, I've got three kids. Uh, I work for Takeda Pharmaceuticals as a senior platform architect. Woo! Former consultant, uh, you know, a recovering consultant, right? Like you like to say, Vesta, yep. right? Yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah. You know, I've been uh, I've been MVP for I don't know, I guess six years now, which is crazy. Woo! Um, you know, on the PNP team doing list formatting, uh, SPFX, and all that fun stuff. So there you go. A little more detail for you. All right. Oh, that's good. That's that's good. So so we talked about the transition or the transition on changes within your life, and I, and that's related specifically on the company, right? So you moved from a being a partner to be a customer, right? Yeah. How, how can you go. talk about how how does how does that make you feel? <laughs> Chris, Chris, how does that make you feel? Being on the, on the other side, right? <laughs> feels so good. Uh, no, it feels good uh, in a lot of ways. <laughs> uh, you know, so I was, you know, a consultant, right, doing all sorts of stuff for lots of different clients, uh, which was really interesting, a lot of, a lot of cool stuff. Uh, one of the things that was not great is, you know, you build something and then you, you leave, right? Um, you don't get to see it through. You don't get to see some of the changes. Sometimes you get brought in for a phase two or a phase three, but you know that's oftentimes there's a whole other team. Maybe they get to handle that. Um, so that's one change, right? Is having to work through long-term support um, of things. Yep. Um, that and also is now I interact with end users a lot more than I did as a consultant. Um, not yep. that I didn't work with end users, but they were the end users making the decisions. Now I'm working with the end users that are being forced to use whatever we're building, right? So, yep. Yep. <laughs> and are thrilled. So that makes a bit different. <laughs> yes. Yeah. <laughs> uh, what are you now shipping? No, why? why? Like, why? <laughs> I don't care so that it's you better. Mentioned, you, mentioned, <laughs> you mentioned, Chris, that you are platform architect, right? Mm -hmm. What yep. does that job mean? What do you actually do every day? Yeah, so at uh, my job is a little different every day. So um, technically, I think I was hired to do a lot of pl platform work, um, but also SPFX, right? So uh, in 365 customization type work or integrations. Uh, yeah. Lately, though, you know, we've been doing a lot of AI integrations. Um, so we're working with, you know, a lot of chat GPT, uh, you know, Azure Open AI really is what we're working with. Uh, and so now I've become a plumber. Uh, is what I like to think of, right? So I'm a plumber that I take Mario. user stuff, I give it to AI, and I take that and I give it back <laughs> to the user and say, look, I did magic. Um, I'm one of yep. the cool kids that did AI. Um, so it sounds a little more impressive than it is, say, I work with AI. which really means I'm calling some APIs. So <laughs> I'm, I'm writing prompts in English. Well, yeah. yeah. And, I mean, yeah. Yeah. It's, it's fascinating, you know, like, you know, and, and working with some of the tools that's like I've been doing uh, some AI work inside SPFX, which has been interesting, right? Trying to do everything in the browser with LangChain and, and all of those other fancy things, which is cool. You can do all that in the browser. Um, you know, I'm using some of the PNP tools uh, to bring in, like, open up files and everything else from your OneDrive, and then we ship those off, and you can ask questions about it. And that's yeah. really neat. Um, and the fact that it's all staying within our instance um, is all good. Yeah. So, again, people are getting value out of it. I don't know you know, if it's life-changing as, as, as some of the news would have you believe, but uh, there's definitely some really interesting things, right? It's just, it's like pattern recognition on steroids, right? Yeah. Uh, okay. What did you call it? The best, the best uh, guessing machine, 
right? Like, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's really, it's really interesting, really cool. Yeah. Um, but you gotta, you gotta watch it, right? Like, so like, ah, yeah. no, yeah. not quite. <laughs> nice try. Sounds good. <laughs> <laughs> I, yeah, I had a earlier today a chat uh, with Victor Villain. We we meet up every now and then, um, kind of a catch up on things. And he was saying that he he was building whatever spec and all of that stuff related on some particular topic, and he generated like ask ChatGPT or actually Copilot to generate some of the stuff uh, for him. And it's like yeah, super impressive three pages of stuff. Which was completely nonsense, and when he started actually looking into that, right. <laughs> so okay, cool. Now let's actually focus on what we actually do. So sure. yes, there's there's a magnificent amount of potential, and, and no doubt uh, AI and ChatGPT and OpenAI. OpenAI is good examples of an AI is going to change over the world, and 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 ChatGPT is a great example of bringing that AI finally closer to people, so that we understand that oh oh cool. Teams meeting summaries. Oh my God, these are worth of gold. So, so as an example, so mm -hmm. it's more approachable. Uh, I think the uh, we did have an AI a year ago already, but it wasn't a big thing because it wasn't you know there was no easy UX to act, ask things from this super sophisticated guessing machine, which were basically giving you the results um, based on probability, which is quite often correct. Uh, so um, so it's not a not the guessing machine would be bad. It's really good. Right. So an educated guessing machine. Right? <laughs> it's a <yeah>, super sophisticated, <laughs> educated guessing machine. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I, I like to get things done, right? So yeah. that's my, like people, you know, like I told you, I was hired kind of, you know, for the power platform for some stuff, but I do all these other things and it's because I just want to get things done. I don't really care about what side, right? You're on maker, non-maker, whatever. Yeah. Um, and same with AI. It's like, it's really cool. You know, like maybe you can do some really fancy like card tricks or, you know, whatever the equivalent is uh, with it. But like, unless it actually helps us get things done, provides actionable insights or really, yeah. you know, save some steps, then I, I don't really care. Yeah. Uh, but we are seeing some of that. Uh, but nothing that's like, oh my God, <laughs> like it's, yeah. it's changed my life. You know, it's replaced our staff or anything like that, right? Again, yeah. it's just one more tool so far, at least we're yep. trying to use. Yeah. But, and a lot of potential, obviously, is getting better and better. But but again, the, I would say that the the really good concrete example, I'm not sure for everybody is able to access this, but internally we've been using that already. Is the Microsoft Teams meeting recap, and it is incredibly good. Um, it's in Teams Premium, I guess it is, but it's it's basically showing who's talking when, and then the summary uh, in a really short thing, and then transcript, and you can ask questions and all of that. It's just absolutely amazing. The only thing in with the, at least in my case is that as I was watching some of the summaries from last week because some of the meetings happen like 4 a.m. in the meeting, uh, 4 a.m. <laughs> in the night for me, uh, which I'm not churning, um, it cannot detect the VESA correctly. So the name is hard. <laughs> so well, it was Mesa, Visa, Vasa, Vafa, whatever. So um, yes, you are the ship that went down and they recover. Yes. Yeah. Uh -huh. yeah. Chris, uh, you, you mentioned that's a you mentioned ship, by the way. But wow, yeah. that was an interesting preference. <laughs> was a ship from Vasa, Sweden. Yeah. Wow, yeah, yeah, that's that is anyways. true. <laughs> and, anyways, well, um, international audience is good to clarify that because here the ship went went down. Wait, what? <laughs> Vasa, the Vasa ship. Everybody knows the Vasa ship, right? Oh, you said vessel. All right. No, yes. not the vessel. Vasa is a V A S A, right? Uh, yes, correct. Uh, anyways, 
which has been also so a vessel, yes. Uh, anyway, Chris, uh, you mentioned using AI in workplace, right? Um, yeah. I can imagine that a big part of that is the relevance, like having AI to be able to reason over the the data from your work, right? Because like, yeah. like, like you can imagine, like not everything is in files, not everything is in docs, right? Like you have other systems that you use where the data is stored, and to really get the value out of AI for your work, in other words, to help to have AI help you do your job, it has to have access to that. Have you been looking already into trying to bring some of the data to the AI you use? And what challenges have you found, if any, around that? Uh, yeah, well, a ton of challenges. Um, and yes, we are trying to do that. So we're using the right, the Azure um, OpenAI, specifically because we're, we're trying to work with our data and we don't want it training, you know, being trained for other people or being leaked out and all that other stuff. Blah, blah, blah. The security, we have a bunch of, you know, we've got an internal governance um group and they've done all sorts of interesting things limiting our use cases and things and all that's good some of the so some of those challenges are just around understanding what it can and can't do right yeah. what's actually possible then the other some of the other challenges are actually understanding like roi right like if you're going to charge me you know 30 bucks a month right for a, a co-pilot right I, I need some way to determine like did it actually improve lives right even yeah. close to 30 dollars yeah. a month Yep. Uh, so, so those are that's in our internal stuff too, right? It's the challenge of of determining that. But then, like in terms of bringing our data, we've been trying to use Azure Cognitive Search, um, mm -hmm. you know, to bring some of that stuff where it's got some things in there. Uh, we're running into quite a few issues. One is just there's not a lot of information out there, right? It changes constantly, uh, so it's it's pretty cutting edge. Um, it, so that's part of the challenge. But the other challenge is just things just aren't quite there yet. There's a lot of ideas, a lot of promise. Uh, but some of the tools are in weird spots, like right, like there's this prompt flow thing, but it's in Azure Machine Learning, right? Which is strange. Um, it's a strange location for it. Um, and some of the other things, at the cost and the licensing for these things is a little bit, well, it's insane, right? Yeah. So trying to look at some of that, and it's like, ah, again, determine like, is this going to be valuable enough? Yeah. To do that, and we're kind of some of that is still proof of concept. We're trying to determine usage, or I see how people are actually using it. Do people find this helpful? Um, and we mm -hmm. think so. We we really think being able to ask, like, you know, like an HR bot, for instance, like that's in fact one of our focuses is trying to replace the Q and A maker in yep. some ways, right, with an AI type version, which is not um, deprecated anyway. So you yeah, kind so of need to move away option. from yeah. Well. And, which is sad because that's a real need, right? Yeah. A lot of yeah. people really, really want, you know, that a bot that they can just ask, like, hey, what's our, you know, how many PTO days do I get this year? Yeah. Right. Or, you know, things like that. Yeah. It's just read through the HR documents and knows who you are, can just do it. Um, and we're, we're working with that a lot. We're having a lot of trouble with um, the idea of the sheer size of the documents, right? And then having to break those, you chunk them down, you turn them into vectors, which is fancy numbers, right? You do all this fancy stuff. Um, and you look at the network calls and you're like, oh my gosh, right? It's like, it's just going, 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 going. And you're like, and each one of those is Don't look in there. And I know it's not true. Don't look in there. Don't look in there. Look, look, look yes, that yes. way. Beautiful, beautiful <laughs> sky. Beautiful. So, yeah. You're in the matrix now. Yes. <laughs> like maybe I should just hire an intern to read this document, you know, <laughs> at some point. But, but it's, it's very interesting. I think some of that will come down. But again, some of it will also be how we change our tools right where we recognize yeah. so like right now i feel like we're throwing everything at ai and some stuff's like yeah there are better tools for that that are not ai at all right like it's yeah. like 
that's just that's just you doing the the hard math, right? Or that's just you figuring out the process. Yeah. Because yeah. it's deterministic, you don't need any special insight for it. True. So true. Anyway, that's that's okay, the I, stuff we're dealing with. The, the, when you when you think about uh, bringing bring data to uh, or data from the workplace to uh, AI, right? Like, do you look at you know the org wide things like HR policy that applies to everybody, or do you also look at a set of data that is only available to a special group, and then thinking about okay, like how can we ensure that that data is only available to that group, even though it's a part of the AI that everybody can use. Yeah. Um, no, no, I'm here. Back. Can you hear me? I'm having, I'm <laughs> yes, having all yes. sorts of weird camera trouble, so I apologize. <laughs> oh, clearly. No, it's okay. This is going to be interesting to see, by the way, on the video recording. What, what, yeah, it'll be great. Go in and out, in and what's out. What's left, right? Just, just replace me with a clown. Oh, now you're yeah, very white. Oh, wow. my gosh. Well, I've always been white. <laughs> Ouch. <laughs> Not what he meant. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, no, what was the, the question again? <laughs> I don't even remember what the question was. It was something really important about securing, data. ensuring. So, securing. so oh. when you when when you bring the data uh, from work into a AI, do you do you now work only with the data that's available to everybody in the org, or do you have uh, also the data that's available to only to specific groups? And if so, what's your experience like? And, and and ensuring the access that the data won't be leaked to folks who aren't allowed to access it. And that is that is a significant challenge we're having, right? So, um, you know, Microsoft, you've got a preview out for PVA, right? Where you've got, um, I think, the ability to look power at like SharePoint virtual agents. sites. Yeah, Power Virtual Agents. Yeah. You've got this ability to look at um, like a SharePoint site, right? And all the documents are a library um, and ask questions over that. Uh, we found that that's pretty terrible because it's using the search experience, uh, you know, Microsoft Search, and then trying to take that information and then, you know, turn that into AI where it's not really the same kind of relevancy you might see if you were, you know, creating like a vector store and all this other stuff. Um, and so one of the things we were using that for is the idea of security trimming, right? We want to know who right. you are and what you have access to and only give me relevant results based on that. Um, and that becomes difficult when you're like, oh, well, we'll make the vectors ourselves. And they're like, and we'll handle all that, like, oh, and gosh. And tackles? No. Like, yeah. Yeah. yeah, it's yeah, like, yeah. So th that's definitely, so one of the things, um, you know, I'm working on this SPFX um, kind of document analyzer piece, right? And one of the reasons we're doing that is because it always executes in the context of the user. We're not storing your data anywhere. Like, literally, we're, we're using Langchain in the browser, right? So we've got this, you know, mm -hmm. there's a TypeScript version of Langchain. We're doing it all there. And then one of the reasons we're doing that, and we're doing it from your OneDrive documents to try and, maintain some of that, um, which is really limiting us right now. So we're hoping for some larger scale tools. That's again why we're looking at Azure Cognitive Search, some of the things there to try and take advantage of that, because I don't want to reinvent uh, security trimming. I don't know about you guys. Yeah. That sounds yeah. terrible. Yeah, yeah. So. <laughs> well, we kind of do, but that, that is our yeah, job. I'm wild, yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, you, guys, yeah. you guys work yeah. at Microsoft. That's your, yes. that's your job. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'm a plumber. I told you, I'm just trying to plumb data from one of the other. I want the right data going the right places. So yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and that's all. Coming back on the, I, I'm just watching the doc opening the door and walking in, and I'm, I'm confused, but it's fine. So <laughs> okay, the dog opened the door. I'm, I'm yes, just, uh, that is 
very impressive. That is confusing. Anyway, uh, whoever is watching the video might actually see a glimpse of the dog. Anyway, so coming back on the on the pricing and everything else, and, and that's obviously that's going to be the interesting piece of thing. Uh, for no doubt, um, it's all about can we provide the value for the cost related on things, and and everything in the business world works like that. So when you're evaluating licenses, is it actually worthwhile providing things? Coming back on the example of the team's uh, uh, meeting recaps. If we can calculate the amount of time we are actually saving for the people to not watch the recordings and rather kind of the, the recaps, we have a amount of minutes and then we can calculate the amount of hours and all of that. But it, it does get complicated because it's not a straightforward calculation. Um, and what are the, all yeah. of the things where we saved actually time and where not? Uh, it's going to be really interesting. If you think about all of the time savings, which we potentially can do, 30 bucks in a month is peanuts. Um, but you and need to be able to yeah, see. That also means, yeah, that's, yeah, that also yeah. means <laughs> that you, you, you need to track who spends time on what. And that is already like you're doing what? Sure. And maybe if we sure. if we knew how much time we spent on meetings and that was obvious to everybody, we wouldn't have the meetings in the first one because like, what? Correct. We're doing Correct. How, how, how much? Correct. So uh, there is also but this has, 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 I do it too. And then we're balancing out with the privacy and all of that stuff at the same time. Uh, so because it's not a straightforward that can you actually, is it worthwhile for being able to measure in a personal level how much they're actually in meetings or not? Is that okay? Maybe in US, but in Germany, uh, different rules. And again, the, there's a different cultural and country level aspects on all of this discussion. It's really interesting to see where we will be in six to 12 months um, related on how stuff is being adapted, where the AI is, what's the complexity um, is. Right now, it, it of course, it's it's AI is the hottest thing in the in the industry. So everything is moving into the AI and everything is AI, AI, AI. How AI, much AI. of that, AI, 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 AI. AI. How much of AI. that yeah. will be there within 12 months or 24 months? It's, it's really interesting to see. Well, and I think we also, uh, I agree, I, I think we also look at the, when we say ROI, right, it's more than just because, you know, what are we counting lines of code, right, a developer does, are we counting how yep. many PowerPoint presentations, you know, someone in marketing does? No, because that's not, right, it's about overall effectiveness and, right. and of course, cost right. savings, right, so you want those literal, you know, reduction of time and other stuff, but it's also the idea of just surveying people like, do you feel you were able to execute your job more effectively, more efficiently, right, more creatively? Like, did you have options to do things you couldn't do before because you were able to take that stuff away, right? So technically, did we save any money? No. Did we get more gain out of it? Yes, right? So yeah. that's one of the things where I say we're trying to determine ROI. I think that's where we're struggling with that a little bit. It's like, it's not a straightforward, you know, time-saving, you know, swap-out, work yep. calculation yep. right so yeah it's it's i mean that's true of all collaboration tools honestly. exactly so. yeah <laughs> exactly what i was about to say as well the, the yeah. classic intranet and collaboration tool and it's like okay so this is going to cost you x amount of money what is the return of investment uh or uh, 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 uh we're being more efficient based yeah. on what metric so 42 yes 42 42 yeah. always works right well and are people actually using it right like it doesn't matter yeah. how much it would save them if they would do it. Like, is it actually approachable? Is it is it usable? Is it usable in a format they like? You're like, you know, just just saving something in the wrong format can end people's yeah. use of a tool, right? It's like, man, yeah. I don't want it. So yeah. well, but but also there is the aspect to it, right? It's a 
it's a new tool and it's a new way of work and a part of like yes you can give folks the, the tool but they cannot just assume that they will just use it and just be able to get the most out of it because it includes a new skill so yep. when you think about tool like that you also need to include things like well training and adoption and how people like basically helping people to get the most out of it so that there so that, that you will get that the return on that investment right mm -hmm. yeah um i think that could be difficult uh not just a measure but to to help people understand you know like to respond to it right to be able yep. to talk to them so again we're we're in the very early stages of just experimenting with it right seeing what it can do how it might be helpful Right, so those are just investment kind of research money, right? Like that we're just putting that yeah. time in to see like how viable is this in terms of a solution we can offer, but then it's yeah. also having this constant conversation with people, right? Because they're hearing about it all over the place, right? But also like, what are we doing internally? Uh, you know, because we've got about 50,000 users, right? So we're not just rolling something out and say, dump your data in, <laughs> you know, like yeah. that's not the plan, right? Yeah. The We're slowly, very slowly just rolling out this portion Right. And then I think we'll see some larger third party offerings. We'll see some other stuff, and, you know, that'll make more sense for some of that. Yep. Um, and then we'll just be doing, again, largely the integration pieces is our goal. Yep. So, yeah. How, how do you and another thing I'm, I'm interested in is how do you go about envisioning scenarios and pl places where AI could help? Do you have like a brainstorm tank, brown bag meeting, you shoot ideas or like how do you go about it? You just ask AI. Right. <laughs> yes. Chat GPT. Yes. We are a company of this and that. Yeah. What yeah, pretend you are blah, blah, blah. should we optimize? That's right. Uh, Bingo. So perfect. A lot of those a lot of the conversations are happening at a let's say a higher level or a different level because again we've got some governance boards uh, for that, right? Specifically formed around AI and its use because you know, like I said, I work in the IT section, right? But it's a pharmaceutical company that's doing a lot of really important stuff around the world that, you know way like fancy science stuff and i'm like oh i got your teams right <laughs> in your, your, your emails yeah, um yeah you know but yeah we're, we're we're working on some of that so they're working on you know ethical use right uh smart use right like what kind of data can be put in there where does that data go you know what kind of integrations can we have right because there's a lot of things that can again it's moving so fast right? get the idea of agents and other stuff and get in there and they can start calling off to other stuff um, and if you don't have some governance in mind, some basic, you know, guide rails, it can be very easy to realize I'm shipping a lot of data, a lot of places, right? And I don't really understand what's being done with it. It's because yeah. it's magic. Yeah. And it's like, yep. yeah, it, just it being magic and cool is no excuse for not doing our basic uh, job, right? As architects or yep. developers. So, yeah, anyway, sadly, <laughs> <laughs> not yet, not yet. So, yes. yeah, maybe. Yes. Uh, pretty so soon AI is going to take new, over all of those. Oh, yeah. anyway. That's right. So <laughs> how, how many new drugs has AI developed? Oh, God. <laughs> 70. I don't know. <laughs> I know anything oh, about yeah. that. Uh, even if I do about that, I probably wouldn't. I don't know anything about that. Again, yeah. I work in a totally different area. But now now let's change the gears a bit we talked about your current role and and ai and and then the community stuff you've been doing a lot of list formatting and spfx in the past and spfx obviously nowadays uh, and power platform H how do you determine um because you you have this wide 
experience of things and you can build, you have the skills of doing all of the things. When do you do what? How do you determine what is the right tool for what uh, use case? Yeah, it depends. Well, it does depend. Of course it sure. does. <laughs> yeah. uh, I mean, so I've, I've got some kind of general generic rules, right? Um, so Chris's you know, rule, we, number one. Yeah, Chris's rules, right? So you go, you know, out of the box as much as possible, you know, all the way to custom, right? Because yeah. you could do a lot with custom, but even there, right, you're, there's a big trade-off um, yeah. in terms of maintenance and, and support and everything else you're going to be doing over here. So um, that and I also, I like, like I said, I like to get things done. Um, and when you get more power, you get more governance and more, you know, control and more. You got to go through architecture review boards and get deployment. You got to talk to those admins that have all the power, Ugh. right? It's like, ah! <laughs> uh, you know, so from that perspective, I often, right, if I'm just trying to do some basic customizations or I'm trying to help people understand, you know, like, hey, what this is, then I, I find a list and list formatting work really well for a lot of use cases but the moment you've yeah. got more than one list right um you start a little more complicated or you really want to control the input right and you want to have multiple ways of viewing that it's like well yeah. then a power app is great right not a power app list form as i i just won't do those um i i've not had good experience with those uh, but you know switching over to like a canvas app um you know and building some of that stuff makes a lot of sense Right, and then if you but if you start to get a little crazier there, then you're going to want to move into Dataverse away from SharePoint, right, as a data source. Um, and so now you're getting into the Power Platform that's really, really not low code um, anymore, right? And you're working on some of that stuff. And again, you're always using Power Automate with all of these things. Um, yep. And if all of that can work for you, then I I'd say that is the way to go, right? I, but if anything, I usually think of a Power App. If, if it's taking more than six to eight weeks, if that's what I'm estimating, because it'll take more than that. But if I'm estimating six to eight weeks for a Power App, it may be time to look at custom code, right? Because at some point, you're getting a lot of savings up front with Power Apps, right? You don't have to write your own login, right? You have to do all these things, right? But you just get all these integrations, and that's awesome. But then when you actually start to get to performance, large amounts of screens or controls, you're trying to do things with styles um, or any of that stuff, it's like, yeah, good luck. You're going to be working way harder to trick this low-code system into doing that than if you just wrote it yourself, like in something like SPFX. So yeah. that's that's kind of the way to go. And even SPFX doesn't have to be the end of it, right? I mean, you can go further, right? I mean, like for teams development and other stuff, right? You don't have yep. to do that in SPFX. Although, to be honest, I, I if you can do it with SPFX and it's still a team's requirement, then I highly recommend that because, again, you could use it in both places. And all over the place, uh, but you know, if you've got something really elaborate, you can always go, you know, host it yourself and then bring it in through the manifest. That, yeah. there you go. That's kind of the rules I follow. Um, now, now you you mentioned no code option as a list formatting. Is that really no code? Uh, it can. Be. We get always good right. reactions on your demos. Define <laughs> code. So, How do you define yeah. code, right? So. You absolutely could do it. So, like the new design wizard and other stuff, right? There's a lot you can do with no code. You can certainly go copy from our samples repo. Right? We've got 200 plus samples. A lot of them are really good without tweaking. But you're right. That's code. Uh, I, that's it's silly to pretend otherwise, right? The moment you have to look at JSON at all, well, that's code, right? Because yeah. you have operators, you have operands. I mean, literally, they're called that. Right? It's like, yeah, yeah. yeah. If you're writing yeah. something conditional. I mean, just, yep. yeah. just hard HTML is what you're really writing. So. Exactly. I mean, some of these are really elaborate. So it's HTML I, code. I would say, so. like, how would you, how, how do you even go about de debugging them, 
right? Because like if, if there's error somewhere, like how do you find out what's wrong? Do you have any any tips? In list formatting? Yeah. yeah. Uh, so I will say for those of the that you know, it's it's list formatting reminds me a lot of XSL, right? Way back when. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, but the debug what is, is XSL? The better. audience these days don't uh, don't know. <laughs> yeah, so, yeah, it's it's uh, XML to generate your HTML instead of you JSON what, to generate. What? Your HTML. <laughs> exactly, exactly. Uh, it's it's one more in between language. It's very exciting. It was um, from the time when XML was the answer for everything. So that's right. because that was the answer for everything. So <laughs> <laughs> well, now JSON for sure the answer to everything. Yeah, no, no yeah, <laughs> You know, with XSL, like if you broke it, it's like uh, just delete things until it works again, right? And then slowly <laughs> add them back in, yeah. um, and hope hope the caching wasn't getting you, right? Yeah. Uh, right. Whereas with with uh, with list formatting, one of the things you can do is you can use a cool tool like uh, SP Formatter. Um, so that's the the Chrome or uh, Microsoft Edge extension uh, that I highly recommend. Uh, Sergey Sergeyev put that together as part of PNP, um, and so. One of the nice things about that is it gives you much better IntelliSense, uh, but it also yep. auto auto previews everything you're typing. So that helps a lot to catch a lot of bugs right up front. Like, yep. oh, yeah, that's not at all what I meant. Whereas otherwise you might be tempted to write a lot and then hit apply and you're like, dah. Yep. The other thing you can do is there is a debug mode. You could turn that on. Um, and what that'll do is certain types of errors, like you use the wrong element type or you can't calculate, you're calling a call that doesn't exist. It's going to just write that in there. Um, that's helpful. And then ultimately, because this is all JavaScript, you can always hit F12 or whatever the developer tools are, and you yep. can literally debug it. I'm not saying that's a good idea. It's obfuscated code, but you can debug it. And I have done that to try and find out some of these edge cases. Again, very low code, no code approach right there. <laughs> and did, 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 did you find those edge cases in Edge or in Chrome? Uh-huh. What's that? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no answer. Edge cases. Yeah. Ah, oh uh, uh, I, uh, I got to go. I have an appointment or something. <laughs> <laughs> All the bombshell. Uh, uh, it's good. Um, how do you, by the way, on the list form thing, uh, before we close up and, and let you go, and um, you have other actual commitments as well coming up for this. How do you come up with all of the list formatting stuff? So how do you find out the, the new capabilities and options? Yeah. Well, first, I highly recommend being uh, forced to give a demo uh, every couple <laughs> yes. of weeks. Um, it will force you to find some interesting things to look at. Um, Notice that he said forced. So. Yeah, forced. Yes. I'm forced. He, he said that a few times already. It's like, it's like It seems Help like me. a common thread around Chris. So I love it. Forced. I love it. Uh, yeah. So one of the things I do is, uh, you know, I always check the docs, see if they've been updated. Um, same as anyone. A lot of times I check uh, to see if they've been updated in GitHub, but haven't been uh, you know, released. Scan. Yep. Um, you know, because that stuff sometimes sits there for quite a while. Yep. Um, but a lot of times, what I do is I literally, like I said, I I hit F12, I debug it, I look through the code. I've done it enough, even though it's obfuscated, I can spot changes um, pretty quick. <laughs> Um, so I'm like, oh, so that's different. Being no, what part no is code, this? Low code, right? yeah. Well, some of it's just yeah. optimizations, and but some of it's like, oh, that's really interesting, right? Uh, or you'll see stuff like I see a lot of stuff, and it's coming. It'll have um, you guys have your triggers or whatever you call it. Uh, what yeah. do you call that? Switch, switches, uh, flights, switches. You've got flights, your switches, flights, flights. And you'll even literally see it like 
if yeah. this switch, then turn it on. Yeah. You're like, please just turn it on. <laughs> like, yeah, that yeah. sounds really cool. <laughs> um, but so that's that's a lot of where I I come up with at least what I'm trying to look for the new stuff. Yeah. But otherwise, I'm really just trying to think like, what's an actual use case for for this, right? Like, yeah. you know, and then I make it really silly and I add in horses. But uh, <laughs> but I try and think of like, here's what what have I actually had to solve before? Like, what am so I doing the, with it? So the warrior horses demos are actually based on a real world business cases. Is that oh, what absolutely. you're saying? That's yeah. mind boggling. <laughs> yeah. Wow. In a second life, Chris actually has a farm. <laughs> That's right, a farm. <laughs> the farm has a farm. What are we talking yeah. about now? Uh, <laughs> it's a twenty-one server farm, right? Front ends. I have no farm. No kind of farm. I'm an actual farm with horses, no animal farm. Yes. Oh, one of those. Yeah, now. Ah. <laughs> now, um, to, and and then maybe just to summarize on the on the community and sample side, why why do you do that? Why why what does it actually give you why why are you part of this community things and volunteer to do demos and and all of that stuff so you're sharing your skills for free what why? sweet money wait for free exactly all, all that sweet sweet money involved <laughs> <in the community. laughs> no i mean so again i just like to do things i like to get stuff done um i like to find interesting ways to do it um and uh, I guess I'm loud, so I'm, I'm just, I just kind of shout it out sometimes. Uh, so that's part of it. Oh. So I, I like, no. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just screaming. There's yes. more uh, No, I really like being a part of it. I like helping people. Um, I've, I've been really enjoyed being a part of the community because, again, I'm, I'm also doing this stuff. Like, I've got, yep. I've got bosses. I've got deadlines. They're telling me, hey, Microsoft just released this new thing. You know, investigate it, make it work. I'm like, ah, because I'm in the same position as, as everybody else on this stuff. Yeah. So uh, to me, it's like, well, if I'm going to be using everybody else's blogs or I'm going to be using these other tools, right? Like, well, why don't I just take what I've figured out about them and put it back out there? It doesn't yeah. take near as much effort as probably people think. Uh, I mean, I'm not saying it doesn't take no effort. And there are people that spend hours and hours uh, doing amazing things, but I'm saying, you can do a lot just by saying, hey, I did this cool thing. I don't know if it's the best way. I don't know if it was the best yeah. thing you could have done, right? Which that's the hardest part is like putting something out and being like, I hope no one says, idiot, you should have yeah. done it with this. You know, like, and yeah. I, I get that. But honestly, just putting it out there. And then if that does happen, you can have that conversation and you walk away knowing way more. So yeah. Yeah. it was a good thing at overall. But yeah. again, I've, I've never had anyone tell me, idiot, do it well. I've had plenty of people say awful things. I just mean most people, most interactions are very positive in the community. You've got yeah. you've got random people, but those are easy to shrug off for the most yeah. part. So. Yeah. And I guess that that is by far the biggest barrier for people actually getting involved is the risk of putting yourself out there and being vulnerable and being target of the potential attacks, which don't happen actually and and of course there's there's always idiots and out there uh, but it's it's like well most of the people value uh, what you what the other people bring on the community and learning from the other people's uh, the work is is by far the best way of learning so mm -hmm. 
because let's face it, even us as Microsoft, um, I, I, well, I come from the field background. I used to build stuff for customers and all of that until they they crapped me on the engineering. <laughs> um, and uh, and nowadays, when when people are well, especially in engineering and and Redmond PMs, it's not like we build stuff for the customers. No, no, it's the partners and customers build stuff from themselves, and that's the key learning what we need to share, uh, so that mm-hmm. other people know, start as fast as possible. So, absolutely. Cool. Uh, I guess we're running out of time as well. Uh, so, uh, any what's happening this week? And again, interesting, Chris, on your side, which you can talk about. So a lot of NDA uh, stuff. Any any good truck uh, truck in uh, in the truck, <laughs> you know related so on the, good the drugs? <laughs> what are you talking about? Trucks? I thought I thought he said truck, like a car. I was like, yeah. And, uh, and uh, well, do you work in a Takeda? You know, uh, so. good drugs this week or? Uh... <laughs> <laughs> the, no. the drug of the uh, week. Yeah. <laughs> well, what's no, uh, what, what, what's anything yeah. interesting happening? Are you yeah. Uh, so one of the, the things I'm working on this week is not drugs, but one of the cool things I've gotten to work <laughs> on is so you know I work with uh, Dave Feldman. Um, he's an MVP for a long time, uh, and I got to take over a project he was putting together, which is basically we're just using Power Automate and we're calling OpenAI, um, you know, through a connector we've we've put together. Um, where we're emailing like prompt ideas, right? And those prompt ideas go into a 365 group. We've got Power Automate that's just improving the prompt, running the prompt, making images for it, and then creating uh, pages, right? In a modern SharePoint site of those cool. prompts with all the details and tagging that make them easy to search. And the idea is oh. we're, we're trying to make sharing your prompts, right, that you find helpful, yeah, um, cool. easier. And we're using AI to kind of, you know, extend all the information we got and then just using all the standard APIs, lack of APIs in the case of pages here, um, <laughs> to some string manipulation, which is very exciting. Uh, but that's been a pretty fun project just to, that's cool. to see again, it's that those integration pieces, right? Like oh, we yeah. can ask AI for a few things, but really we're using our standard tools um, to create collaboration spots so people can use these tools a little better. So that's yeah. no no cool drugs, but that's a, a fun project I've been working <laughs> okay. on this week. So yeah. and what's the uh, what's what's the uh, the UI there? Is there is is that a power app? Is that a list? So like what triggers the flow? Uh, yeah, so right now it's it's an email. So we're literally doing cool. a group uh, you know 365 group flow. So when you send the uh-huh. email the nice thing is we actually are able to take your email content, we send it off to the AI and say, pull out the prompt out of this, right? So it's able to figure yep. out like, oh, that's your email signature, all other stuff, it ignores that. So the traditional cleanup stuff you've had to do on some of that, we don't have to do. Uh-huh. Um, and again, we're just asking for some improvements on that. We use the subject as the title, we, you know, we can shore that up a little that's bit. That's really cool and easy too, right? It's, it's, yep. it's yeah. a simple thing, like you don't need an app, like email is your app in a way. Yeah. Yep. Right. That, so that's just cool. email it. We're good. You could forward a cool one you've got. Um, and again, and then there's a browsable thing. We're using PNP Modern Search, right, to, to really bring all that stuff together as well, uh, which has been pretty fun. So it's pretty awesome stuff. If you haven't checked out PNP Modern Search yet, uh, yeah. right, all that the set of that's tools, cool. that is highly recommend them, right? So. Yeah. Cool. Mm-hmm. Really cool. Anything interesting for your side, Valdek? Uh, planning, 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 planning. Um, other than that, we're closing in on next week. We'll be releasing new version of CLI for M365, new version of Microsoft 365 Developer Proxy. So these things are common. Other than that, uh, planning, preparing, sharing ideas, bringing, building new ideas. Uh, yeah. yeah, TBD. Yeah. 
Pretty much the same for my side. SPFX actually released candidates coming out next week for 1.18, which is cool. Uh, so focusing on Viva Connection side, there's a there's actually something there's really 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 cool stuff happening in the Viva Connection side, uh, but we cannot share them all of the details yet. So, but there's going to oh. be a, a newer versions and experiences, all of that. Uh, and for me, that really starts looking incredibly good. Uh, we're among friends here, Russia, so maybe not. Things, so. No, 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 <laughs> it, it's, cool. it's just we're going to see a really cool desktop and, and mobile frontline worker experiences and all of that. And then, of course, we can extend that and bring the AI mm. and stuff there. And yeah, it starts looking really, really good. So, But more on that uh, within later episodes and in autumn. No. Well, I look forward but, to 1.18.1. <laughs> Ooh, that was below the belt. Oh, burn! That, I just too, too soon, Chris. Too Thank soon. you, Chris. No comments. No comments. No comments. No, no, nothing. Okay. Anyway, uh, cool. Thank you, Chris, uh, for joining. Oh, really cool to catch up uh, as well. Um, and I love the decoration within your man cave nowadays. So it looks yes, really, really good. Beautiful. So, yes. <laughs> Yes. But no, not so much. <laughs> uh, it's blurred, so I can't see anything. It is blurred. Like, well, yeah. It's better if it's blurred, trust me. <laughs> it's on purpose. That's right. Cool. Anyway, thank you, for Chris. Right. Uh, Chris, thank on this you. one, we'll jump on the weekly articles with Waldeck uh, on the show. But thank you. All okay. Thank you. Bye. Bye. Excellent. Welcome back. Welcome back. Welcome back, Waldeck. I'm really good at this. <laughs> so <laughs> I realized that we didn't do an intro on the when we started the thing as well. But you know, uh, maybe people will do one next season. Yeah, exactly. That's <laughs> why. <laughs> That's okay. So let's actually jump on the weekly articles. Uh, so what's happening within the ecosystem? I will actually show you this um, as we as we recapped on on when we started and how we started and all of that. So let's start from here. So uh, it is 17th of August 2028 when we actually started this. And quickly wow. looking into this, uh, we had three episodes without uh, guests, and then we started having guests uh, on the fourth episode, uh, So, which was pretty fast. Uh, so we got to be pretty boring. I get that. So, Yeah, and it's not like we got feedback from, from anyone like, Guys, it's like you're boring. You gotta bring either bring somebody on a show or stop it <laughs> yeah. because it's yeah, exactly. But hey, that's evolution. You know, learn from uh, the the, the mistakes. Yes, exactly. So improve, <laughs> improve. That's how it works. And apparently, our first visitor was. I'm just gonna call this out as well. Um, da, 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 da. Was it Irvin? No, it definitely wasn't Irvin. Uh, Andrew Connor. And Irvin. And Trucono. And oh, Irvin. Yeah. Oh, no, no, Irvin, Irvin did, did a cameo. Uh, cameo, yeah, fair yeah, enough. So, yeah, AC, so. yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes. And also, okay. back then, the show was called, called SharePoint Dev Weekly, so it was very narrowly True. focused. But five years ago, we were in a different place, I guess. We, I, I guess we were. Well, we were in a different place. Um, you can actually see the transition on the, on the name. There we go. Uh, oh, that's still Dev Weekly. SharePoint Dev Weekly. Dev Weekly. Oh, there we go. Oh, uh, so BMP Weekly. Seven to six. Uh, oh, no, BMP Weekly. February 2020. February. Down, down, down. Oh, there we go. go. There's already. Yeah. There we go. Okay. Cool. Which Louis are on 2020. And it's yeah, three years ago. Actually, pretty cool. So. Wow. 
there's Fabian and a lot of people actually being in the show. That's that's yeah. really good. Anyway, so the latest articles. Yes, first things first. So uh, we're going to recap some of the a bit older articles as well because uh, we're back from the summer vacation. Uh, it's been awesome summer and now it's pouring raining outside, so this was a great timing. Uh, so uh, we kind of recap some of the older ones, but not all of them, uh, just calling out things. So this one actually was really, really cool uh, from early August. Um, Safe cost and drive efficiently with next generation AI on the front line with Microsoft Teams. Really long title, which doesn't actually mean a thing. Uh, but of course, Microsoft Teams is a big focus area and frontline workers is a big focus area. And then within here, we're focusing and sharing insights uh, on the business impact and also technology uh, which are coming out. So there's a collection of technology and business insights and features which are coming out from the front, for the frontline workers uh, inside of the Microsoft Teams, like also the Viva Connection stuff. So a lot of, lot of cool stuff uh, getting announced. So. Yeah. Excellent. And then we had a article from Microsoft Teams from last week, uh, supercharged brand content with typeface AI app for Microsoft Teams. Exactly, right? So th this is a, a reference case from a partner um, of ours who built an app, who brought their app to Microsoft Teams, and we showcase how they've done it, what are the benefits, and so on. So basically giving folks examples of why would you care and how partners who do that benefit from that uh, extension point? Correct. Yeah, and that's actually really cool. And these kind of storylines we actually need uh, so that people understand the opportunities and partners. It's oh, not yeah. about technology. It's about what can you do with the technology. So, <laughs> Well, I mean, it depends to whom you talk. At some point, you will need to build something. Sure. But sure. first, you need to but decide that exactly. you want to build it. Exactly, not the technology first, uh, for sure. Now, we also had an uh, update on the SharePoint community, uh, SharePoint blog, updated content for SharePoint Web UI Kit. So Web UI Kit was announced, I think, in June, roughly, and there's a updated update on that for Teams at Navigation, Base Layouts, and all of that. Web UI Kit is there to give you uh, components and design structure uh, within Figma, uh, so you're able to more efficiently and easily do the designs directly in Figma. Uh, I was just I, about to ask, for those who don't know what it is, so you mentioned absolutely. it already, so yeah. Yes, yes. So, um, with all the honestly, I'm an old school, you know, uh, I we, you used to do .com, .com sites as well, uh, with SharePoint. Yes. Uh, we used to draw all of that stuff in PowerPoint. Of course, Figma is much, much, much more efficient. But uh, <laughs> Back then, we used different things. We used Photoshop, we, we used Illustrator, we yes, used absolutely. different 100%, things. Yeah, definitely. 100%. What, but when I, whenever I need to draw, I've always been in PowerPoint because PowerPoint is the most logical thing, at least for me, and to draw things. But of course, Figma is a, a well much more efficient and much more advanced comparing to PowerPoint on design languages. So, most important question: Do you name your layers? Good question. Well, apparently there are two camps of folks, folks who do and folks who don't. So I wonder in which camp do you fall? You mean in Figma? Yes. Uh, do you name layers in Figma? No, I don't. There you go. Okay. Yes. Now you know yes. for the audience. Yes, as a type of person who doesn't <laughs> name layers. <laughs> yes. Cool. Then we also had a new IntraZone podcast uh, episode on the Viva Connection adaption best practices. So uh, uh, Luis Enrique Torres and, and Liz Sandet uh, was on this show. Uh, Liz is really, really active and helping us on internally a lot uh, with partners like Luis as well uh, on, on 
customers adapting the Viva connection in the right way. And this is a good set of uh, insights on how, what are the best practices on, on getting um, started with Viva connection. So a lot of article uh, content over there. We also had a, a new blog post from the Office uh, development team around new Office add-ins entry point, which is available in online. Exactly. And the whole idea is that you have multiple ways to find add-ins for Office. And basically, the idea is that you can find them in the places where you would typically search for, for them. So they are not just available in a single point, but they're available across multiple uh, locations um, across Office just so that you can find them more easily in the context yep. of your work. Yep, absolutely, absolutely. Great stuff there. Uh, we also had a blog post from Yuan Wang around Send Teams activity notifications using new resource-specific content consent permissions. Why does resource-specific consent matter? It matters because you want your app to have access to just resources that it needs and nothing more. You yep. don't want your app to be able to access anything, everything about everything in your um, um, tenant because it's a lot, right? And your app doesn't need that. And if it only needs to send um, um, a message to to a user, it should it it should should be able to do that. But it should have access only to that and nothing else. So that is exactly right. where resource specific consent or short RSC comes into play. Absolutely. Great stuff there. Uh, really, really cool. Then we had a blog post around Teams Toolkit for Visual Studio Code update with the new AI chatbot template. So this is basically for Visual Studio Code and the Teams Toolkit. There's two versions of Teams Toolkit. There's Visual Studio Code and then the Visual Studio IDE version. Uh, and this is for uh, the Teams Toolkit for VS Code. And there's a new AI chatbot template available, which makes it super, super easy to have those AI-powered chats uh, implemented uh, for Microsoft Teams. Um, see, see, they're using Using your uh, stuff there. So what? I made it. I'm famous. <laughs> yes, your face is over there. Whenever you were 15, right, Waldek? So. Yes, I'm still that. <laughs> no. Yes. But yeah, really, really cool. Uh, Teams Toolkit is getting better and better and more uh, features capabilities there as well. Now, there was also a new Teams Toolkit for Visual Studio release with exciting features for .NET developers. This exactly. comes back on that. Yeah, you mentioned exactly the two Toolkit. types. Yeah, exactly. So the uh, Teams Toolkit for Visual Studio Code targets uh, JavaScript devs, and the Teams Toolkit for Visual Studio on net does right and there isn't a parity between like there's always new things available across them because some features are more relevant to one audience than the other then there's also the dependencies for the libraries that we use inside the templates so where we strive or for the parity it's it's a journey basically right so we try to evolve two of them because we realize that we have diverse audiences of devs who build for teams and we want to cater to all of them. Yep, absolutely, 100%. Really, really cool. Uh, both are evolving uh, all the time, which is great. Now, on the community side, or not from Microsoft side, uh, from uh, Martin, uh, there was a, a relatively recent blog post on quick tip customizing the SharePoint site search experience. So how do we actually modify the SharePoint site search experience? The search. Is, I, I chatted with Mikael Svensson on, on the search pretty recently, actually last Friday. Um, it's, it is an interesting how the, the, you know, the search is evolving not to be about SharePoint. It's an enterprise search. It's larger than that. It's being searched and all of that stuff, but it's still somehow not quite there. It's, it's, it's like 
how do I build the enterprise search? How do I do the unified search for my company? It's hard. It's it's hard to ship on this one option, and then there's multiple other uh, yeah. surfaces as well. So, well, I think but, I wonder if, if if that's related to the fact that we uh, we deal with different audiences with with a different amount of experience. There are folks who have been around on M365 and SharePoint for years, and they expect you know things like faceted search and refiners and basically all the enterprise stuff that we used to have have in the past. And yep. maybe there are new folks who are like. They just want to find things and they don't care yes. about the whistles and whatever else, the, the bells and whistles, and they just want to find things. So maybe that, that, that that's also a part of the fact that our audience is pretty broad. They have different experiences. And again, they expect different things from the product. Yep, absolutely. absolutely. And in this case, we're adding a new custom search result page and then we're rerouting those uh, efficiently. Thank you, Martin, on that one. Now, there was a two blog post from Marcus Miller, relatively released. Relatively recently, I am talking now machine language. Now, uh, around the Teams development, uh, so use Teams Toolkit for Visual Studio, C Sharp and Placer to create Teams tabs using single sign-on for Microsoft Graph, a, a step-by-step guidance on how to do that. Uh, these are incredibly, incredibly useful. So thank you, uh, Marcus, on that for people adapting uh, on the right ways of doing. And then the other blog post was dealing with external sharing inside of SharePoint Framework. Uh, so Marcus does multiple technologies as part of his role, uh, and this really focuses on the external sharing capabilities and how you can do things and, and considerations on that side. So, for example, checking is the external sharing enabled or not, and then changing the behavior based on that. So yeah. Really, really cool. Thank you, Marcus, on that one. Um, then we had a blog post from Chandani. There we go. How to save Microsoft Forms responses uh, responses with attachment to SharePoint list. Uh, quite typical scenario, actually. So yeah. um, you would use the SharePoint list as a uh, potentially as the end end storage or as a temporary storage before, and then you fire, for example, Power Automate to do other additional things, whatever. So multiple ways of doing this. Yeah, interesting. So that's actually really cool. So thank you, Chandani, on explaining how that can be done. Uh, Elio. Uh, he's been a bit quiet, but he's now starting to get back, which is good. Uh, summertime. I think everybody has been pretty quiet. Well, quiet. Well, anyway, end-to-end test Microsoft 365 solutions with Playwright um, and walking uh, walking that through. That's actually really interesting as well. So It is. It is, right? Because like if anything else, you want to be able to test the work you've done, and you want to be able to verify that it works as um, expected. And the last thing you want to yep. do is to write a lengthy document with manual instructions that somebody needs to go through every now and again. So if you can automate that, that saves you a ton of time. And it's even the more important when you build a product, because a product, like there's no end to a product. Like in project, you have start, you have the end, and you're done, and you leave and whatever. In product, that's not the case. You keep maintaining it and evolving over time. So it's even more important that you have the ability with every single change to verify that everything still works. So this guidance is really invaluable. Yep, absolutely. Really, really cool stuff. And, and it's some things don't go away. I'm just looking into how this is actually implemented. It's based on data scraping and, and doing the things and all of that stuff. It, it's it's certain, certain technologies which we're using nowadays have been We've been using that already for 15, 20 years or 25 years on the, exactly the same, because the, the exactly the same processes and challenges exist. How do we repeat the same test day after day to make sure that whatever we're evolving yeah. doesn't break the system? So, 
Cool. Uh, Joanna Klein had a relatively new blog post, a purview disposition review infograph. So basically, uh, she's uh, creating these infographs, explaining uh, how things are actually working, um, which are then available for people to download and have a look on uh, to understand how the purview actually works. Uh, this comes, purview comes back on the data retention and security and all of that stuff. So um, it, it, it is a Microsoft product and she's been compliance, really yeah, yeah. That's yeah. compliance and yeah. immediately when I heard those terms, I'm like walking away silently on the It's like what with what? What, what? What? Sorry, I mean, yeah, not not yeah, my space, but yeah, yeah. It, it only <laughs> proves how broad the field is and correct in how many different things you have the ability to spe specialize yourself because people need expertise in these areas right. and you cannot know everything about everything. Absolutely, 100%. Now, Dan Wallin had a new blog post related on uh, or a video taking your line of business app to the next level with OpenAI, ChatGPT, models, communication, organizational data. And this is actually a larger series, uh, what he's been working on. And, and he will start actually walking through the series one by one uh, within our weekly community calls, which is really cool as well. Um, there's a video right now on his blog post, uh, his uh, uh, website, uh, YouTube channel, and then there are Microsoft storyline in here, which is talking about multiple, multiple different things like uh, ACS, uh, Azure Communication Services integrations, and Microsoft Craft integrations for OpenAI, all of that. So a lot of, lot of cool stuff within this setup. Now, on the other videos, uh, Paolo uh, in the PSS Tech Bytes had a episode 5, 259. We need to start catching up. Uh, handling throttling yeah. exceptions with Microsoft Craft Toolkit with SharePoint Framework. Um, why would you do Craft Tool handling X? No, that makes perfect sense. I'm trying to understand what you're trying to ask. Why no, no, no. I was basically no, no. I basically I was looking into the title, the Microsoft Traces Talk Developer Proxy, because my eyes noticed that on the chat, and then I was doing an implied question towards you. Why would you use Microsoft Traces Talk Developer Proxy so you can do an advertisement for it? Yes, because so what you <laughs> often get or what you get right is you use cloud APIs in your app. These are APIs you don't own and you use them, you share them with many people across the world. And when you build your app on a tenant of one, they always work. In production though, when they when your app is used at scale, it could be that you will either exceed the limits for your app or you will land on a tenant that is really active by somebody else and you kind of pay, pay the penalty for that. In other yep. words, there's a chance that your app might break. And what you want to do, like the last thing you want to do is to fail in production. So you want to test that ahead of time. The problem is how do you simulate throttling on APIs you do not own? Enter yep. Microsoft 365 Developer Proxy that allows you to simulate throttling and any kind of other behavior you want to do, including mocks on any API in the world, whether that's Microsoft Graph, OpenAI API or whatever other API you want to use, just so that you can simulate all these different cases um, during dev and you can get ahead of it and you can ensure that yes, you're, when these APIs show, and they will, your app can handle them the way it's, it's, yeah. it, it yeah. should. Absolutely, absolutely. I still remember when, I, when we were doing the global intranets uh, for a lot of the largest customers within the world, how how often there was these mistakes where somebody, developer did something and implemented something by themselves and it worked fine. But when you put it in the front of 20,000 employees, opening up by default the browser in there. Wow, yeah. that's awesome. 
yeah. So why are all of the servers are going down? What's happening? What the? Yes. <laughs> yep. Always right. That's why we introduced chortling. <laughs> So yes. uh, April Dunham had a, a new video around Power Automate compared to lists and find what's missing. And that's really useful uh, algorithm. Uh, so good to know as well. Thank you, April, on that one. Uh, we also, Shane Young also it keeps on uh, releasing great, great, great videos every single week and uh, different types of Power Apps users. Um, so basically we have IT pros and, and then the end users and all of those kind of things. And what are the considerations of that? Uh, and then uh, we had a, there was a new uh, power hour from uh, Laura Rogers under the IV Mentor. Yes, IW Mentor. Yes. Uh, on focusing on power apps named formulas and how they can actually help on increasing your productivity. So that's really, really cool as well. And there was also a new video uh, from uh, the Synpraxis Consulting. They have this nice series where they actually meet up every now and then, and then they have a topic. Um, and in this case, they talked about using Copilot and ChatGPT to write PowerShell. Um, I think this was Interesting. I'd like focused. to see that if it actually works. Uh, I think it's okay, So, but it should be good. So it was a Todd Clint driven and led discussion. So it Todd was really Clint good. Todd driven so, development, are you saying? Yes, yes exactly. <laughs> and then the last one was actually the list of our things. So I'm not going to yeah. let me close that one. But that's all we're going to do this week. Um, and let's see what are the new articles next week. We're seeing a bit of a slowness still happening, but then there's an uptake on the on the Microsoft 365 all up as we're getting back from the holiday season in the Northern Hemisphere, not holiday season, summer vacation. Season. Yes. Whatever. So. But still, cool. Um, I guess that's pretty much it for now. Uh, anything interesting on your side? We did We did that with Chris. You're 100% correct. I guess that's it for now. On that bombshell, yes. We'll be that back. was episode 216. We will be back next week with episode 217. Season 10, episode season 1. Season 10, episode 1, yes. <laughs> now we'll be back next week with season 10, episode 2. Yeah, there we go. Excellent. Thanks, Wildek. And thanks, everybody, for listening, watching. Thank you, Asap. See ya. Bye. -bye. Thank you.